0: Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane.
1: And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane. Here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. Oh, it's just this is the season that we live for, isn't it? I mean, the mountains of Arizona has the longest autumns anywhere. I mean, it just, it, it, it gets cool, then it warms back up. It gets cool, then it warms back up. It's just so pleasant. Easy to sleep at night. You're not given your heater or your air conditioner or workout. It's just, just perfect. That's why we live here. Uh, that's why so many Alaskans winter down here. I'm just amazed how many folks we, we get to talk to. Uh, they'll, they'll summer up in Alaska. They winter down here. That's great. Our, our uh, Scottsdale folks, uh, Phoenix uh, desert folks, they summer up here and then winter. So we see this big migration this time of year, the autumn. Uh, the, the Phoenix folks go back to their desert homes and the, uh, the northern, you know, Wisconsin tends to winter down here, Michigan, winter down here, Alaska, winter, winter down. So we see this migration pattern. It's different. It's just fun. You get to talk to so many interesting people. And then we're just on this growth pattern. So there's so many new homes in Arizona, but especially the Central Highlands area. So we see a lot of new folks that are from all over. Uh, you know, the Californians, they think, oh, California's taking over. No, it's everyone. It's not just California. Half of the folks we meet that are new are California. The other half are from everywhere. They're just from everywhere. And so we, we get to meet a lot of different interesting stories, people, this where they're they how they got here. Very fascinating. Right now, you're seeing lots of fall colors. So the maples that red tree you're seeing in full autumn glory, that is a Prescott Blaze maple or Autumn Blaze, just Blaze maple Uh, so it's probably the the fastest growing of all of the maples uh, and it's the fastest growing of the red maples for sure without doubt so if you're going to plant one that's probably the preferred variety mainly because it doesn't get leaf tattered or leaf torn sometimes the wind goes after certain kinds of trees especially when they're young they've got large leaves it can tear up the wind going through them. can tear them up and so the, the blaze maple doesn't seem to do that. And you get very fast growth. A, a, a Prescott blaze will, oh, it grows easily 24 to even 36 inches in a year. I mean, we're talking one year, boom, just like that. Fills in. You can get some very large specimens. So we've got up to three-inch caliber. These You could barely put your hand around the trunk. I mean, these are big instantaneous trees too smaller ones are just under 100 bucks or something like that so for five gallon kind of thing but they fill in fast this is a very if you like that tree this is the time of year you want to plant that tree because you've got a huge selection so garden centers i don't care what you're tuned in from all over the place payson gets we here have listeners and payson kingman Williams, Flagstaff, all the way down to, of course, the Central Highlands, Camp Verde's, Sedona's, Cottonwoods, uh, and and the Prescott area, uh, Tri Cities area, Quad Cities they call it anymore. So Dewey, Humboldt, Mayer, to Prescott Valley, to Chino Valley, to Prescott. They grow in any of these communities. That maple loves this area. grows fast, bright fall color, uh, and depending on your elevation. So uh, the, the higher ridge lines, they their they're, maples, they, they actually turned two weeks ago. The lower elevations, they're just now starting to turn. So it depends on north, south, east, or west, how much sun it gets or how warm that soil is. And then the altitude, how cold the nighttime temperature gets, that will affect when plants actually activate. When they start going, oh, it's fall, I'm going to turn color, no, and there they go. So your aspens can be the same way. They've had this bright fall color. Uh, they're in all their glory. But Flagstaff, you all have had color. Of course, you had snow. What was that? Two weeks ago? Some, that crazy cold we had back in the middle of about two weeks ago, it activated all the aspens. They started to go, I'm going to go fall color now. And so the lower elevations, I mean, aspens will grow if you put them on irrigation all the way down to Camp Verde, Cottonwood right there in the Verde River. Of course, you all, that that fools, people don't realize, you get a little bit warmer in summer, but you get that cold air that spills down on top of you. So you're really the same exact growing zone as, let's say, Prescott, that's at 5,000 foot level, you're at 4,000. Skull Valley, our family grew up in Skull Valley, 4,200 foot level same exact growing zone. It's a zone seven, six B seven, because that cold air spills down from, from a uh, copper basin area down into that valley. And so it settles on you. So I've literally seen more snow over on the mountains, uh, that, th- that side of the mountain skull valley than I did over in Prescott because that, that cloud hit, it couldn't get over the mountain, dumped its, its payload, dumped its, its moisture. It, it buried Skull Valley and then it floated back over the hill and by By the time it got to Prescott, no moisture left. It just depends on on your north south east or west how much sun you get and the elevation. It is a little colder the higher up you go, so that will that will make the trees turn color sooner. It's a good time to plant so so garden centers were bulking up on our different fall-colored trees because we know that people get excited about autumn colors. We bulk up on trees that are available, fall-colored trees especially, uh, for fall fall planting. It's a good time to plant. I don't have a lot of of fruit trees right now. That's more of a spring thing. So we start harvesting the, the fruit trees in the spring of the year. Usually about, depends on the weather, but usually middle of February, we'll start. We're shipping by February, March. We're bulking up. We'll have hundreds of fruit trees show up. Don't have hardly any now. Now we have hundreds of, of fall-colored trees. Now uh, we're starting to bulk up on winter evergreens because we know if people are new, they got a new house. It's just bare out there. Uh, you, or you want a holiday tradition of living Christmas tree. We know that's going to happen, so we're starting to bring those in right now to bulk up so we get enough plants to sell through the holiday season. And so there's these seasonalities of plants and, and when they come and when they go. You, you're not going to find any summer blooming plants now. So the, the crepe myrtles, rosa sharons, butterfly bush, as we run out of those, we're not going to restock them. So the crop is gone pretty much. I mean, it's just, there there aren't any more until next summer. We're starting to, we'll, we'll leave the spring bloomers at the farms, trying to bulk them up. We get the perfect growing environment. We're trying to get those flower buds as large as we can or on a forsythia, as many flower buds as we can. So we'll leave those at the farm until the end of this year. First part, we'll start shipping those when the fruit trees come in. Usually- February, March, we'll start shipping all the lilacs, and persiccia, and flowering quince, rhododendrons, and azaleas, whole series of plants. So it'll be late winter, very early spring when we start bringing those in. So there's a seasonality. Right now, you're seeing this red fall colored. You're you're about to see a a purple tree. It's a a raywood ash. It's green right now, kind of lollipop shaped but it's a good time to be planting these bigger, almost shade trees. Most of your fall colored plants are shade trees. You need some shade on that back deck, patio, west wall. This is a good time to plant those. But as you're walking, the neighbor's going to, Ooh, that's kind of neat. What is that? Take a picture, pick a leaf up, bring into the garden center. We can identify what that is. I can tell what kind of maple it is just by the leaf nodes, how deep that five, uh, a maple has a has points on it, kind of like your hand, and how deep those lobes are, or the points, you can tell what variety is, or by what color it is. So sometimes I can't tell between a silver maple and a blaze maple. The leaf pattern's the same, but one turns gold, the other one turns red. I can tell by the leaf color on that. So anyway, how we go off on fall color, it's exciting to see autumn here. It finally feels like autumn. It'll be autumn until pretty much the middle of december then finally you'll start to go oh yeah okay yeah it might winter might be but really even in january it feels nice got a lot in store for you this show lisa waters coming in with your garden questions right after this
0: you've been listening to the mountain gardener with ken lane owner of waters garden center in prescott join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott.
1: Waters' October companion plants that grow well together are blaze maples, burning bush, Arizona creeper, glamour kale, and spicy mum. Waters'
0: spicy mums are best sellers for super long bloom times at local garden tuff.
1: Spicy mums glow yellow with a halo of fiery orange around each daisy flower.
0: These big, bold perennials are perfectly shaved and add color in autumn when few flowers are in peak bloom. and just $9,
1: you'll find bright fall flowers here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott.
0: If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest
1: cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food.
0: This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops.
1: Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever. And just $27 for a 20-pound bag.
0: Safe, natural, organic fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener.
1: Hey, and Ken and Lisa Lane here, the Mountain Gardeners. So we just share a, a garden center, family business. So your father mm-hmm. started a garden center, the very first one in Prescott, Arizona. So Harold Waters. And so Ken and Lisa Lane, or Ken and Lisa Waters Lane, are the second generation owners mm-hmm. that have come in. We've been doing this for 30 years now. So you just had your 29th anniversary. Congratulations. Last okay. week. Yeah. Working <laughs> the same job, 29 years. Not many people do that.
0: True. True. I feel like it's been longer than 20. Not not bad. But I guess growing up in it, you feel like this is like all you've ever really known.
1: It seems like just yesterday to me. So you raise okay. the kids. I still have memories of getting... Remember coffee cans? Like old school metal coffee can giving those the, to the to the boys and saying boys go get us some worms we want to take them home we'll go fishing we'll feed them to the to the fish or whatever um, mm-hmm. that's just yesterday so the the way things change mm-hmm. they're all grown up now they're, they've got families of their own right. but in my head it's been has been 29 years it can't be
0: you know it's funny Kinsey our, our daughter Kinsey asked me the other day she goes is Grampy sad because we had I have Three sisters, so four girls, no boys. She goes, is Grampy sad that there was no one to take on the water's name forward? And I was like, hmm, I never asked him
1: that. <laughs> I don't think so. He's He enjoys girls, so he just yeah. loves his daughters. So he just, yeah, I think he just knows God blessed him with, with girls, and he enjoyed that. And so we've been blessed with girls, three of them and one boy, and we just enjoy them. So I think it's kind of just enjoy what, what you're given oh, yeah. and don't... Don't uh, underappreciate him. Just appreciate. No, no, no. She was
0: just curious. Yeah, her, you know,
1: Actually, she, she should ask him. Forward. She should ask him. So yeah. that'd be interesting. That be. Anyway, we're we're digressing. Audience is kind of like bugging out right now. Like, <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> what about the garden tips? What's going on? This is garden questions. Well, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Enough about the family. If You
0: insist. We'll talk about garden stuff. Well, Janine has a question. She wants to put in some pampas grass. She thinks it's very pretty and it is, but she wants to know, is it invasive? If she puts in one, is she going to have six in the yard next year? How yeah. Did you classify? So
1: yeah, is it invasive? It is not defined by the Arizona Department of Agriculture as an invasive species. We don't sell those here at the garden center and we do offer pampas, uh, pampas grass. Now, Will it spread through the yard? Usually not. They're able to. You're able to contain those. Mm-hmm. In fact, actually, most people hang on to their pampas grass too long, yeah. so it tends to get. It tends to. It's a bunching grass. It tends mm-hmm. to get well, about three, maybe four feet across, and then it mm-hmm. starts to die out in the middle. So, really, a pampas grass should be replaced every ten years or so, seven, ten, somewhere in there, mm-hmm. and then a new one should be put in if you want to keep that going. Otherwise, it t- tends to get mangy looking. Mm-hmm. Looks sc- scraggly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can reseed every once in a while in the yard, but that's pretty rare. Usually, it just spread. It just clumps further and further out, like a bamboo, mm-hmm. only not as aggressive, not as invasive as bamboo. Bamboo's pretty bad. So, uh, but but I would say no. You should if you enjoy pampas grass, have one, enjoy it. Just realize it's not once and done. Mm-hmm. It's once and done for 10 years and then you're probably going to replace it many of the pampas grass that are in your neighborhood they should be dug up or (laughs) they're just looking they look they can start
0: to look a little old a little dated okay next question is also kind of related to the cold but it's uh russian sage so after that last cold spell russian sage is kind of past its prime oh yeah um should you trim it back? Do you leave it through the winter time? What do you do with that?
1: So I would say pampas grass and autumn sage. Those two, they've got a good shape to them. Mm-hmm. I would say enjoy. It. Yes, the foliage. It's it's actually stopped blooming a month ago, so you've seen the the old flower stalks. Been there. You kind of your mind kind of envisions them, mm-hmm. but it's not truly in bloom now. The foliage is starting to turn yellow, starting to fade, starting to drop. But even without foliage, it's not in bloom. It's got a great shape, great vase shape to it. Mm-hmm. Just enjoy that. Don't be, it seems like everyone's, second we get a frost, everyone's ready to go. I'm going to prune everything. I would say let the leaves drop, get done. I would say after the the new year, then start pruning all that summer mm-hmm. stuff. Don't feel like you're in a rush. In fact, there's some there's some benefit to the landscape the plants to leave that foliage up and insulate the heart of that plant mm-hmm. through the coldest months through February. Really. I don't, we don't prune ours, the autumn sage or the Russian sage until March. Mm-hmm. We want to get past that coldest months. And then by, by March one, it's pretty nice out. I mean, yeah, we can get some snow, but that cold, bitter January, like bone chilling kind of cold. Mm-hmm. That's gone. The ground isn't freezing. Uh, you can go ahead and prune back then. So don't feel like you're in a rush. Mm-hmm. Russian sage, though, impossible to kill. So just prune it whenever you want.
0: So I get a lot of people asking, you know, my maintenance man wants to cut my yeah. roses yeah. back. They want to cut my shrubs back. And and I would, you know, it's hard to say, but I would encourage him to
1: wait, wouldn't yeah, you? I would, too. Uh, ideally, if it, if we're our yard, this is what we're Kennelly Selane. We're just friends. Of yours. We're neighbors. We're talking over the back fence. And here's what we do. We don't have a maintenance company. We do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just we a little a bit. We, we <laughs> is a maintenance company. Uh, we do it ourselves a little bit over the years, mm-hmm. but really spring blooming plants. Do not mm-hmm. prune those until they're done blooming. Forsythia, uh, for, lilacs, uh, uh, quince, mm-hmm. r- r- rhododendrons, azaleas, all those things that bloom in the spring. Camellias, don't prune those until after they're done blooming mm-hmm. uh, you're you're pruning those back in you know April and May when they're done blooming. If you prune them now, you're cutting off the flowers mm-hmm. that you will enjoy next spring. the summer blooming things Russian sage, uh, 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 hibiscus, uh, roses charons, crepe myrtles, smoke bush, all those things that bloom in the summer. Mm-hmm. those we generally recommend wait till after the new year and then prune them between. January 1 and March 31st, that that first quarter of the year, it's best to prune and shape those. It goes for fruit trees, uh, shade trees. Right now, there's still insects out. So mm-hmm. if you're making prunes now yeah. through middle of December, mm-hmm. insects can get into that cut and they can start, they, they spread disease. There's some, some things that can happen. You're better off letting that sap, letting that tree actually slow down, go into mm-hmm. stasis, just kind of go into slow motion, then by then the the bugs are killed off, and so you can start making cuts. You don't have to have fancy pruning paint when you do that, whereas you would if you're pruning it now yeah. that black uh, uh paint tar. that you have yeah tar kind of looking stuff mm-hmm. so there's an advantage to waiting um, you, you can only go do better if you wait. You can only make a mistake if you go now. (laughs) Good advice. That's kind of, there's a whole class on that. But there's the 90 seconds (laughs) in a nutshell. Come see us for more.
0: Definitely. Angie would like to know, what's the difference, or is one better than the other, of putting shredded bark down or mulch down?
1: Gotcha. So that was, that was a couple of weeks ago someone was asking that. Ah. Put something down, compost, something. And uh, it really, especially uh, um, over, let's say, new plantings or roses or flower beds, what happens now through the end of the year? You'll get these nice warm days, mm-hmm. cold nights, it'll freeze. Okay. So you get this freeze and thaw, freeze and thaw. And so the the ground will actually crack. It'll actually, you see it expand. Hmm. It gets fluffy, it heaves. Mm -hmm. is what what the the industry term is. So you don't want your soil to heave because it also heaves the roots. It breaks Mm -hmm. the roots up. So by putting a two to three inch layer of some sort of organic material, compost, mulch, shredded bark, bark chips, whatever, it helps with that heaving. The benefit of shredded bark is it it's it's cedar, so it tends to repel insects, so they won't tend to hibernate underground underneath those wood chips, whereas they might with compost or mulch or composted mulch kind of stuff. So that's the real benefit. It's light and airy, so you don't tend to, if we get a real heavy snow, it doesn't stay wetter. Uh, the moisture doesn't doesn't suffocate the the the, the, the crown. So there's some uh-huh. benefits to that, okay. and it's, it doesn't date your place. You're, Wood chips are so 1980s. So you just—they don't blow away, but they look, look kind of old school. Yeah. yeah the, the shredded bark composts better, easier. Uh, personal preference, sure. I don't know, but it's good to insulate that soil around the roots where the mm-hmm. ground can heave. It's it's healthy for the plants. Okay. There you go. Went round and round in circles and said nothing. <laughs> Kenalisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners. Be right back after this.
0: You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique
1: to mountain gardens. I used to be cocky and actually dared to beat the big boxes at their own game. Since the beginning, we were known for the very best plants in town. But with youthful ambition, we added a line of inferior plants, contractor grade, that matched the box stores and beat their prices. We failed miserably. The plants were side-by-side. Water's hand-picked quality at the higher price and the inferior plants at the lower price with astounding results. The inferior plants, not bad quality, just not full and nice, were still there a month later. The hand-picked quality plants, they had been restocked twice and the bench was empty again. The youthful cockiness, it's tempered and with age comes wisdom and knowing who you really are. Waters Garden Center doesn't compete with the marts and the boxes. We simply grow the very best plants our family is famous for. We will never offer inferior plants. Cross my heart. Pinky swear. Waters Garden Center. 1815 Iron Springs Road. Here in Prescott.
0: You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane.
1: So we've had enough weather where that vegetable garden. if you're a, uh, let's say a, a vegetable gardener, specifically for you all, you are able to have a fall crop. So when those eggplants and cucumbers and tomatoes and squash get vaporized by the cold, and it's pretty much they're over, you just pull them, start composting those things. They're not going to produce any more tomatoes or peppers. Pull them out, free up some space, freshen up that bed with with a bag or two of potting soil, or maybe it's a raised bed or a container. Pull those things out, put some fresh soil in there, and you could plant spinach, kale, broccoli, cauliflower lettuce. Oh, fresh lettuce for Thanksgiving. It's so good. Oh my gosh. Uh, there, there's a whole series of, of autumn plants that love this cool night. So you can actually harvest in the mountains of Arizona. You can harvest out of your gardens directly, probably 10 months out of the year. Even in January, if you've got kale and spinach, they, they like the cold. They're, they're still producing, still growing. Uh, parsley. I seem to always have parsley coming off out of the gardens. Uh, fresh herbs like uh, um, lavender and rosemary and parsley, uh, oregano, uh, thyme. These are things that are very robust. Uh, they don't mind this cold. They're very, very four-season, drought-hardy, easy-to-grow kind of plants. But don't think that just because your summer, your tropical plants have taken in the chin and the cold kind of vaporized them, if you see some open space, you want to try a few things. If you're new to gardening, you might get just a six-pack and try it. See how it does. Experiment. Play with it. Gardening is learned by making mistakes, by just seeing where the limits are, by talking to folks. That's why gardening is so social, just listening in. That's why you're, and let's face it, It's the end of October and you're tuned into a garden show that says something you as a listener that says something about you. You are either easily entertained or you are just like you're, you're, you're hooked. Gardening's interesting. I just want to know how to do this better. And this is a very social thing. You don't learn welding that way. You don't learn, I guess birding is learned that way. What else? Boating mainly boating's done in the summer. That's it. What else? What other hobbies? are there? Whittling? I don't know. I, gardening is very social and it's 12 months out of the year. You can go inside, outside, upside down almost. I did actually sell when you're upside down tomatoes. It's kind of a fad back in the day where you'd plant a tomato, you had a special container, you put the tomato plant in the greenhouse. At the bottom, and the plant grew down, and then up, and then out, and kind of flowed up. It was great to keep them out of javelina areas, but quite honestly, it was a fad. It faded. It's no longer there. It, it's far easier just to take a a container, a regular traditional, plant it in the top, and have it flow out and over rather than out of the bottom, out the bottom, and then out. The, anyway, it's co- weird how gardening gets chia pets. I'm glad that, that one is gone, although. seems like every holiday you see Chia Pets back. Right now it's air plants. Air plants are the big thing. Uh, Air plants, indoor, funky. These are are plants that don't have roots. They just sit there and they're green. They're funky. They grow up naturally up in the tree canopies and they take in moisture through the humidity. And so what you do with an air plant is you put them in terrariums, you put them on you can have all kinds of artistic things you can do with them. There's lots of colors, lots of shapes, lots of forms. We probably have, I don't know, a dozen variety, a hundred different types of air plants, different shapes and sizes. It's amazing. But what you do is once a week, you just soak them in the sink. And they absorb water. You put them back. You hang them up back on the wall or put them back in the terrarium or you, you, you put them back in the bowl. They're a great office you know easy care kind of plants that's the latest trend that one and succulents are all the rage so so not cacti cacti they're always kind of southwesterny that's that's fun but they never seem to trend they just have this consistent always selling kind of cacti but the succulents these are anywhere from aloe vera kind of a succulent to jade plants and then everything in between. There's lots of varieties of aloe vera's actually, but they're basically cacti without the thorns. So a lot, that's the trendy thing. It's got a you see it the front of, of, of designer magazines and stuff. So that one trends. They're easy care. Generally, they need brighter light. That's the negative. But most homes have big windows. You can grow succulents in, in let's say Arizona room or bright living room or or bright office. It would work really well. The main thing, I like them. We'll put them in our our bathrooms. Dark as can be. It's dank. Bathrooms are not the brightest room in the house. But a, a succulent, looks fabulous, easy care. And it will stay in that dark room for six, seven months and still look the same. It doesn't grow; it just looks the same. You got to bring it out to the daylight every once in a while. Whereas a fern, ferns love inside the house; they grow like crazy there. They're fine; they're all good. But they're, they're these trends—they come, they ebb, and they flow, and they come and they go. But that's gardening. We learn it. We try it. We we seem to find something that's, that's hot, and we it goes viral, and people start all all of us start gardening the same way because we like to talk about it share it on, on Facebook and social medias. So anyway, I don't know where I went off on that one, but got some great garden tips coming in with Lisa right after this.
0: The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations, guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Gardens help awake our creative spirit and connect us to aspirations, family, and dreams
1: dreams of a better life, a better home, and better health.
0: Sometimes the best way we connect with ourselves is to temporarily disconnect from our electronics.
1: Gardens become a quiet refuge.
0: Plant a new flower bed, pick some fresh herbs from the garden, and they lend themselves to ways of beautiful color that naturally evolve through our four
1: seasons. A beautiful garden speaks to its gardener with a power that eludes the electronic equivalent.
0: Text and email messages are of this world, busy and disruptive
1: and often filled with stresses. Gardens, however, are an attempt to transcend from the hectic life to one that becomes meaningful and cherished.
0: Waters is a place of rest and peace for the creative soul.
1: Be inspired and plant some of your own peace and rest with plants from Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott.
0: For people who love to be refreshed in the garden, they love to shop. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener.
1: Ken and Lisa Lane and The Mountain Gardeners host every week this fabulous, informative,
0: educational
1: uh, educational shows yeah we also tap dance on the side mm. have you ever tap danced no uh, we had some tap dancing stuff when i was a kid some shoes but we never took <laughs> classes but it's kind of fun you to... would
0: probably be good at it it's kind of
1: fun i would go all all irish tap dancing kind of stuff on <laughs> folks be fun anyway i don't know what yeah. brought that up i'm not coordinating <laughs> so, it would be ugly <clears throat> okay so um Enough. We just digress into weird places. Sometimes we've we've known each other way. I think way too long. Um, that is you, probably true. Do you try to finish my sentences every once in a while? You knew uh. I was going to say that, didn't you?
0: <laughs> I just tune you out. I get <laughs> I don't try to finish them. I just I'm,
1: okay. I'm let's go. Garden advice. This show. <laughs> this segment's all about. Just get a different perspective. What mm-hmm. are you seeing in the gardens? So gardens are meant to be experienced from 360. Actually, with all five senses, it's it's a true, true Our art senses. form. Six senses almost. You can almost feel the gardens. Wow. Okay. Anyway, it's good to get a different perspective from a different sure. gardener. That's why you come in and do it every every week for us.
0: Mm-hmm. That is true. So we're, we're moving into those months where it's getting cooler and maybe we'll be starting to get some more snow and some more rain and and, and people, especially with new homes or they just have a mud bog in their backyard and maybe I've got dogs or kids and they're dragging that stuff in. Um, So I wanted to talk about evergreen ground covers. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So we all have those kind of spots in the yard that need a little something. Um, And it's, thing about ground covers, most of them are super easy to grow. Yeah,
1: they are. They don't get aggressive. They're not right. too tall. They're not going to take over the whole yard. They stay low, mm-hmm. easy to keep trained. Right. Yeah, that's a good idea.
0: Mm-hmm. So the first one I brought in is probably a little more unusual for here. Ugh, I'll let you carry <laughs> It's heavy. So this is Mediterranean carpet. So it looks very fragile, very delicate. Uh, It is actually an evergreen ground cover. So it's not going to, it blooms right now. It's been blooming forever with these little purple flowers. They're actually very fragrant if you smell them. Um, And it's evergreen. It's not going to be blooming come January, but but you'll still have all the foliage there.
1: Blue green foliage is pretty, Mm -hmm. maybe four inches off the ground, something like that. Mm -hmm.
0: Spreads to about 24 inches. Yeah, three feet maybe at the most. Yeah. um, It's going to want a spot in the yard that is nice and warm and hot. This is not one to put on your north side that's going to sit under snow in the winter. It really likes it hot. The other thing is it's very drought-hardy. So if it's sitting in a spot where it's just wet all through winter, it's going to be very unhappy. So perfect to put in those warm hot spots up against retaining walls. It'd be pretty hanging over a retaining wall. Yeah, it's, it's a good Absolutely idea. gorgeous. So it's just one that's kind of new in the market for us, um, but does very well here.
1: So tucrum is the botanical name or mm-hmm. Mediterranean carpet. We found this one over in Albuquerque, all places. Mm-hmm. High altitude, again, similar climate to us. And it has just performed so well. Pretty specialized. It's hard to find. You're only going to find this at Waters Garden Center. <laughs> Truly. But a great perennial evergreen for, you know, to soften those edges. I don't know if I'd walk on it a lot. No. Uh, but great for softening up the edges. And You want something that just looks good year round. Mm-hmm. It's a great one.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I wanted to show people that one. It
1: does smell good. It does.
0: You wouldn't think so. So then we kind of get into the more traditional ground covers. So, and I, I think, the easiest ones to grow that perform reliably well are your junipers. So this one's the garden Japanese garden juniper. This is probably one of my favorite. I I like that it, it does have a very oriental flair to it, uh, kind of a little bit taller in the center. And then these little spidery legs come off. It just creates a really cool ground cover Uh, gets Six inches foot high,
1: yeah, that's about as tall as it's going to get. It's about four five or six inches right now. Right. You see the us. long tendrils starting to already mm-hmm. start to flow out, right? And spread even even in the container, mm-hmm. which is this little guy 18 oh. bucks. So, for a nice, I don't know, foot and a half, two foot kind of spreading kind of plant, oh, it
0: spreads wider than that,
1: yeah. I, I mean, right gets, now, oh, 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 so,
0: yeah, because anyway. I think it gets five, six feet,
1: yeah, yeah easily. really
0: when it spreads. Um, thing with the junipers. And that goes, whether it's Calgary carpet, uh, the garden juniper, blue, icy blue juniper, I mean, really are over the life, their lifetime, not going to be very Maintenance investive. You're not going to have to spend a lot of water on them. Um, And the other thing is they're very insect resistant. Yeah. So you're not having to worry about aphids. You're not having to worry about
1: tip bores. All kinds of crazy stuff. Grubs don't don't like them. Yeah. I mean, junipers grow wild here, mm -hmm. so you know they're going to adapt really easily Mm -hmm. to your backyard. Once they get up to size and they start to shade their own root structure. Uh, they're very low water, low care. In fact, if you kill this, it'll be from overwatering. It's in a heavy Absolutely. clay soil that just doesn't perk. It's mm-hmm. soggy all the time. It's not going to like that. This likes dry, crusty, hot soil. Right. That's where it likes Perfect to grow. For- <laughs> <laughs> <I know. laughs>
0: so the, um, the icy blue, the one I mentioned earlier, it definitely has more of a blue tone to it. It gets about an inch high. It really hugs the ground. Yeah. But you get a good six to eight foot spread on that but, with,
1: with time yeah, yeah. I mean, it's
0: not going to be next week but yeah. it will get there the calgary carpet which is probably another one of my favorite ones i love just how lush green it looks out in the yards great for hillsides great for retaining walls um there gets about a foot tall spreads six to eight feet as well so those are really nice ones that you can use
1: ask it's- me my favorite juniper yeah.
0: What's your favorite juniper, dear?
1: I like old gold juniper. Oh yeah, old gold. Just because it's so think bright. Of that as
0: a ground cover. Well,
1: okay, maybe it's a, a knee high. I mean, it's not <laughs> truly a ground cover, but it's it spreads way out farther than it does I. So it's this spreading look over time. But mm-hmm. I just like that bright gold color, and it takes our sun yeah. better than most gold plants do. Mm-hmm. So on a north slope where our house is it's kind of dark yeah so that gold color really pops against those blue native blue plants it's pretty
0: it is pretty i don't consider it a ground cover okay (laughs) other ones you can use we have vinca of course most people have that's great for the shadier spots in the yard nice evergreen little purple flower in the spring through the summer nice little ground cover uh one people don't think about is rosemary Oh, that's a good idea. So the the creeping rosemary, yeah. Huntington carpet rosemary evergreen. Uh you get blooms in the spring and the fall. Yeah. Uh, for that one. Very animal resistant.
1: Use it in the kitchen.
0: Yeah, definitely. So that's another good one. I think a lot of people don't think about, but it's great for that. Honeysuckle, of course. You know, most people think honeysuckle, I'm gonna grow it up on a trellis, but it makes a great ground
1: cover. It does. Mm-hmm. It's about the same height as an old gold juniper. <laughs> About knee high, and this spreads you out. Think so? Yeah. Mm, well, think Our minds, that. we got different lists. <laughs> We're up with different lists, different gardeners. That's good.
0: Um, the Mahonia Repens, which is the Oregon Grape Holly, the creeping one, yeah. uh, great for under. Big trees, juniper. We have oh, yeah. a beautiful yeah. one under our big juniper in the back. Beautiful fall color on it as Very well. Very nice. A spring
1: spring bloom, yellow mm-hmm. spring bloom. Oh, that's right. It's and a native plant. Hay. So again, we planted like think three or five of them back there underneath mm-hmm. the juniper. It's spread and we don't care for it at all. It just keeps growing and filling in, looking better mm-hmm. with no care. That's the beauty of a native plant.
0: That's true. And we do truly ignore that. (laughs)
1: Yeah. The other
0: one that we get a lot of spread off of, uh, they're getting maybe more for shady spots is the Ivy, the English Ivy.
1: Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. Another one is a cotoneaster. There's several evergreen spreading ground cover Mm -hmm. types of cotoneasters. We compare, pair pair those with junipers quite often. So you get this evergreen leafy, broadleaf Mm -hmm. leaf with the juniper conifer texture Mm -hmm. and it looks really good together.
0: Right. And, and the- you can
1: plant all these now. We got them.
0: Definitely. They're here.
1: You can plant them right now. Right now? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> people just don't realize if you got a new house, don't feel like, oh, I gotta wait till right. next spring and deal with this mud. Well, you could you can take care of it now. Now it may not mm-hmm. grow a lot now, it'll grow a lot in the, the spring. spring but it'll be rooted Mm -hmm. so you'll get more growth next spring. That
0: is definitely true.
1: Well, the evergreen ground covers you can plant Mm -hmm. now in the mountains of Arizona. Ken and Lisa Lane, the mountain gardeners. Be right back after these important messages.
0: Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website, podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's Waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Waters' October companion plants that grow well together are burning bush, spicy mums, glamour kale, and red fox sedge.
1: Fox Sedge has striking clumps of red foliage that fades to flocks, giving off a warm glow.
0: An attractive foliage effect in container gardens, perennial beds, and fountain accents.
1: A good choice in poor draining pockets along dry stream beds and beside large landscape folders.
0: You'll find Foxy Red Grasses, just $17, here at Waters Garden Center.
1: Google, give me directions to Waters Garden Center.
0: Waters' October companion plants that grow well together are Burning Bush, Arizona Creepers, Spicy Mums, Glamour Kale, and Prescott Blaze
1: Maple. Prescott Blaze Maples have extreme growth of three feet or more each year. The fall color glows like embers in a blaze hot fire, thus the name. There's no better red maple to plant locally.
0: Perfect for patios or any place shade is needed. And a big, bold tree is just $149.
1: You'll find the best fall shade trees here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott.
0: Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane.
1: So there's a couple things you really want to be careful of if you're gardening in the mountains of air. This is, this is a mistake I've seen many customers make, new gardeners to the area. Uh, this is a four season climate and the state of Arizona has got probably every zone. In fact, sometimes during the winter, we can have the coldest temperature and the hottest temperature in the country in the same day. That can, that's Arizona because of the elevation change going from deserts all the way up to very high ridgelines, you get these big zone differences. So different plants grow in different zones. And so your high uh, pine tree areas, the, the alpines, those are the very coldest. And so those plants won't grow down in the desert and the desert plants won't grow up in the alpine. So you want to make sure the mistake I see people make is the garden centers. So let's say your mountains, let's so say you're going to Warner's up in Flagstaff and their plant mix has changed a little bit, but you want a Southwestern mix. I got a new house, I'm about on the golf course and I want agaves. They don't have any right now. Well, fine. I'm going to order it online, which you can't get a very big one online. Great. Okay, that's good. You get a putsy little thing or I'm going to Phoenix. I see that happen more often. They go down and bring up those plants from the desert up here to the mountains. And they don't, they freeze. They freeze to death. They just won't grow up here. Or, or typically you see this in the spring. They'll go down, I want saguaros, or I want uh, choyas, or I want some some exotic cacti, which costs a lot of money. They bring it up and it thrives through the summer. Then comes by December, they turn into this black mush and they fall over and they just spent, you know, three grand for cacti out in their yard and they all died. Because they weren't meant to be planted up to thrive through the winter up here, they're not. They're tropical plants. And so be careful of what you're planting. Another one I find often that a mistake uh, uh, gardeners will make is on fruit trees or, or fruiting uh, berries, grapes, uh, trees, that kind of stuff. Uh, figs. They're going down and they're they're buying a desert variety or the box stores. That manager will buy you know twenty. Of this variety of of pear of plum fig, whatever, and send it to all my stores when well, they 're not thinking, "Oh my my mountain stores are different than my Tucson Phoenix stores, which are different from my Yuma stores, which are different from my bullhead city store the, the, not all those trees, an apple will grow probably in anywhere in the state, but it won 't fruit. What happens is a lot of these trees have chilling hours, they need certain number of hours of cold, then after, let's say, 1,000 hours of cold, actually tra- there's a log inside these plants to go, okay, when I see 1,000 hours of cold, freezing temperature, bloom, just like that. The desert varieties might say, oh, in 200 hours, I'm going to bloom. And so you'll get these desert varieties of fruiting plants. They're starting to bloom in February, in March. Well, up in the mountains of Arizona, we've got frost through April. So the odds, you'll have this great looking tree, fruit tree, but it never produces fruit. That's why. That's what happens. It's either that or, that's the biggest mistake I find, it was a desert variety planted up here in the mountains and the frost just takes the fruit. The other one could be it's a cross-pollination thing. So plants, so typically let's say pears. They need two varieties, different varieties of pears that bloom at the same time. So the bees and moths will cross-pollinate the two different varieties. You can't have two Anju pears and they pollinate each other. You need an Anju and a Bosk, an Anju and a, and a Bartlett. You need two different varieties. Same with cherries. You need a Bing and a Black Tartarian. You need a Utah Giant and a Stella, and they cross-pollinate each other. Apples are the same way. Some varieties are self-fruitful. Typically, your peaches, apricots, nectarines, they're all self-fruitful. They have the male and female flowers in the same plant. The bees will pollinate that one tree back and forth, and they'll produce fruit on themselves. A lot of fruit trees need a buddy. They need a friend to cross-pollinate. It could be that's the reason that you're not getting fruit. The biggest mistake I find is mainly... They just have a desert variety because we've got this influence in the state from all over. They're they're buying uh, a desert variety and trying to plant it up here, and it never fruits. Again, the, these are just things I've seen. Or there's so the other one. I see the opposite happens too. So it's not just the desert. So so many folks will try to take some of these perennials. The desert folks want these beautiful wildflowers. I'm going. Well, you can't have them. They don't. They need. They need the cold to rest in order to have that great blossom. So peonies, everyone comes up, they want peonies. They only grow up in the mountains. They like growing up here. They need to go dormant. They need to rest under the ground through winter. And then they come back with that fabulous, fragrant flower. Peonies grow in the mountains of Arizona. They don't grow down in, in in the deserts. And so it goes both ways. I just find because we're Arizona and people have this mindset Oh, I I want I want an Arizona looking, you know, turquoise and orange paint and I want red doors or blue doors and I want cacti, saguaro's. They're thinking this is Phoenix. This is not Phoenix. This is this is pine forests, juniper forests, manzanita forests. You want plants that grow in that type of environment. Uh, also, to realize when you're when you're designing your landscape, you really want All four seasons represented in that landscape. So you want some spring-blooming plants like like forsythias and flowering quints and flowering jasmines and and all these things that that announce spring. You need flowers that do that. So your autumn sages or or salvia, greggias, they're one of the first ones to bloom, agaras. And then you want your summer plants. These are things that just bloom when it's hot out. Smoke bush. There's lots of natives that do this. Uh, uh, desert willows. Uh, your crepe myrtles. Roses sharons, a whole series of plants. Russian sage. They look great in the heat. They don't look good in the winter. They're just kind of twiggy. But they're fabulous in the summer. Then you want your fall color. That's where we're at right now. That's That will finally end with your ornamental pears. That's kind of the last one, the last shade tree to turn red in the fall of the year, usually around Thanksgiving. Right now it's a nice glossy green leaf, but everything else is turning. It kind of has these waves of of fall color. You want a quarter of all your landscape to be in in fall color. Then you want 20% or so to have winter evergreens. You need something that stays green in the winter Otherwise you just look sterile and it looks, looks off. You don't have all the seasons covered. So 20% spring bloomers, 20% summer bloomers, 20% fall color, 20% evergreens. And that last 20% is whatever tickles your fancy as a gardener. If you love spring flowers, put the other 20%, have lots of spring flowers. If this is your summer home, put mainly summer loving flowers. Why, why would you think spring, you're, you got a Phoenix home, you stay down there during the spring, come up, have summer fall plants, skew it towards the time that you're there enjoying that gardens. So that's what I'm designing. I, I ask, well, is this your summer home, winter home, permanent home, where we at? What's your favorite colors? Oh, you like red? We like orange. You like whatever? I'll try to skew more of that color in. Or if you're, I get some folks, I only like evergreens. Only plug in evergreens. Okay, we'll do that. I'll try to put some spring blooming evergreens and some summer blooming evergreens. There's some that do that. So Raphaeliptus and and privets and uh, Eliagnus. And there's different things. Some evergreens actually do bloom. That's just kind of guiding you through that process, mainly making sure you don't go, oh, the garden centers don't have peonies right now. I'm going to go to Phoenix and buy that stuff and bring it up here and I'm going to plant it. You can plant now, but just make sure it's stuff that grows up here and can take this the cool nights and the warm days can take frost and freeze and some snows every once in a while. They can take those 50-degree 50, 50 swings between day and nighttime. You need plants that can adapt to that. Plants that like alkaline water that takes our, our bright, intense sun in June and July. It's, it's pretty intense. You need plants that can adapt to that. And there's a whole series of them. Right now, you're finding garden centers skewing towards fall color. Lots of mums, lots of houseplants coming online, lots of evergreens because that's the season that's before us. We're trying to lead the season. Got more in store. Don't go anywhere. Be right back after this.
0: You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. I grew up in the family business with my three sisters, and I've raised four of my own kids in the same garden center. Waters isn't just another business in town. This is part of our home, an extension of who we are. My family spends more time here than we do at home. It's basically an extension of our living room. We just have more friends over than most. My name is Lisa Waters Lane, and you'll feel welcomed, peaceful, and at home here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road, here in Prescott. Hi, Lisa with the Plants of the Week and our Instant Raywood Ash.
1: Raywoods are known for their handsome fall foliage that turns colors of red to royal purple. Just stunning. The leaves have a fine texture which add a softness to harsh rock yard. At $120, these instant trees are magnificent. 12 feet tall with a 6 foot spread, you won't have to wait for this tree to grow up. Waters Garden Center, 1815
0: Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love instant trees, they love to shop. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert, Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane.
1: You know, I was saying which plants to avoid. Try to avoid those desert plants. Stick with your mountain-hardy kind of plants. That's what you're seeing at garden centers right now. We've got a whole garden center filled with plants that can be planted right now will thrive take the cold take the snow take the winter take take all that we have and thrive and do well you can plant them out though you'll get better growth next spring but i really should share with you how to plant so what you'll find is our soil is very hard up here. mountain soils really what happens is these monsoon patterns the rain comes it's such a torrent that it picks up a lot of our, our, our organics and shoots it down these washes and it goes downhill. So down at the end of the mountains, you see this rich farmland. But up here, we have one of this left is left. Everything's been washed away. We've got rocks and clay and caliche and it's not that good. And so what little soil we have is just millimeters thick. Maybe an inch, maybe two is not very thick. And so when you start to dig, you'll run into all kinds of nasty stuff from heavy clays where it comes up in chunks to boulders to caliche layers is this layer of calcium that forms in the soil. It's kind of a gray chalky color. Literally, it's as hard as cement. It doesn't breathe. Plants don't like it. And so you'll need to encourage or reintroduce some organics into that soil when you're planting. So when you're planting, let's say a new brand new spruce tree, or I want, I want a privacy screen of, of Arizona cypress, a beautiful tree gets up 25 feet tall, 12 feet wide, thick as thick. You just can't see through it. Your neighbor is going to disappear. Arizona cypress. When you plant that, let's say the root ball is about 18 inches deep. The planting hole is only going to be as deep as your bucket. does not need to be any deeper. Plants don't go down. They go out. They search sideways because that's where the food and the water is. Plants know there's nothing but rocks and crummy clay down there. I'm going to be right up here at the surface. And if you know that's how plants are going to root out, just dig a hole that encourages that. So you're going as deep as the bucket, three times as wide and kind of round and saucer-shaped. Think cereal bowl. That's that's your hole size. That's going to encourage new roots. And so that that soil that you've dug out of that hole, you want to filter that out, get all the anything bigger than a golf ball. R- pull that stuff out of there, the, the old roots, the debris, the old weeds, all that stuff, that's bad. You're just left with soil that's smaller than a golf ball. Then you're gonna reintroduce, add some organic compost. So I, I say 25% mulch, premium mulch to your native soil. If you hit a big rock, maybe it's 50-50, but really one scoop of mulch every three scoops of native soil. You're going to blend that all together and that's the mixture you're going to use to backfill around that new root ball, or that tree or that shrub or that vine. Pack it down and then water it in real good. What I'll do is I'll take a because there's no real nutrients in your soil, I'll take a handful of all-purpose plant food and I'll sprinkle that on top when it's all planted in. And then I'll water it in really well with root and grow. Root and grow's a it's for transplant shock. We've it's a compost tea that we've brewed. It's a liquid. You mix 3 tablespoons in it, a gallon of water. And what I tell folks is when they're planting this time of year, what give your new plant Let's say a couple gallons, one good big watering can full of root and grow diluted uh, per month, one per month. Just give it a dose, one per month, until you see it wake up next spring, next March sometime. And then you can back it off the root and grow. And that's when your fertilizer is going to in, really take off. The plants will root actually through the end of the year. Take a little break for about January, first part of February. Then it'll start to root out and start growing again next March, April, May, June, next spring, it takes off. But that, that's really how you plant. Same depth, three times as wide. Add some mulch, add some food, add some root and grow. You need three things, mulch, food, root and grow, and your plant, of course. And then plant it. And then water it a couple times a month through winter, a deep soak. And you'll have a plant that just thrives, takes off next spring when, when everything else wakes up. That's how you plant in the mountains of Arizona. Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners. We love talking to fans of the show and we camp out here at Waters Garden Center throughout the week.
0: Some stores are meant to dash into, hunt down your purchase, and leave promptly.
1: It's part of our 24-7 cyber world where it's difficult to decompress, slow down, and enjoy the environment. We miss the tactile experiences, fragrance,
0: and enjoyment that come from slowing down and admiring the majesty of something as simple as a butterfly.
1: Waters is elevated lingering to an art form with experiential pauses built into the very DNA of the garden center.
0: We're designed purposefully for leisurely strolls through the many greenhouses that beckon guests to enjoy the plants.
1: We work tirelessly to craft an environment that aesthetically reflects the cycle of the seasons.
0: When you finally have a plant question, one of Waters' plant ambassadors are here to help you choose plants that will thrive in your landscape.
1: Decompress and learn how to linger in the garden once again here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love
0: to slow down in the garden, they love to shop. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener.